KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. The Federal Reserve continues to play a critical role in the American economy, but there has been some criticism of some of the work the Fed has been doing. We wanted to kind of sort everything out, what has worked, what hasn't. For this discussion, we reached out to Dr. Jonathan Scott, Professor of Finance and Department Chair at the Fox School of Business at Temple University in Philadelphia. Really interesting conversation. Good to catch up with Dr. Scott again. Give a listen. So we are now several months into the midst of this pandemic, which, of course, has spawned an economic crisis. Uh, The Fed has been very active and been very proactive. Uh, How would you rate how the Federal Reserve has responded to the economic crisis to this point? Matt, I think I think they've done an outstanding job. The most important thing that happened back in uh, early March was that there was a lack of confidence in the market. There was a concern about liquidity. Treasury securities are the most actively traded in the world, and you should be able to just buy and sell certainly the current issues at the current price. And it was like an auto dealer wouldn't buy your car at any price, which was really strange. And the Fed stepped in. And uh, just by their act of saying, you know, they were going to provide, you know, as much liquidity as necessary, uh, stopped the problem. It was remarkable. You know, within within four weeks, you know, markets were back to normal. And now, you know, we have companies that are not highly rated in terms of credit. They're called uh, their debts called junk bonds, but they're issuing debt at under three percent interest. Now, granted, rates are really low, but this is just remarkable. So that, and and not surprisingly, you know, we've seen you know, incredible volumes of uh, corporate uh, security issuance because the Fed has committed to buying corporate securities and therefore keeping what we call kind of the risk premiums, but the amount of interest you have to pay over, let's say, a treasury security to keep that low. And they're buying municipal securities as well to help uh, state and local governments that are that are distressed and so that they can borrow at costs that uh, aren't going to break their budgets at an even greater rate. We've seen a lot of programs from the Federal Reserve. Have they all hit the mark or have there been some that have either not been utilized or kind of haven't done what they were intended to do? Well, actually, most of them never really had a big uh, pickup. Uh, this Main Street lending facility is still trying to get off the ground. This is for you know loans to small and uh, medium enterprise businesses. Now, these these programs, it's, it's kind of interesting. The the they're structured in a way that uh, we call off balance sheet. And if anybody's read about you know the great financial crisis back in two thousand eight two thousand nine, it was all about balance sheet exposure that commercial banks had. Well, this is actually off balance sheet for the Fed. And the Treasury's providing uh, really credit enhancement. So if there's any losses, for example, on the investment in the municipal securities or the um, corporate securities, there it's up to a certain percentage the Treasury is going to cover. None of the, if, if, if one take the time, in, I wouldn't recommend it, but going in and looking at the uh, Fed balance sheet and the changes, that, that was very, very little pickup on these. Again, I think it was more about the confidence that the Fed was there. 
where the Fed has stepped up uh, hugely is buying treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities. And the mortgage-backed securities have certainly helped you know, support the housing market by keeping uh, mortgage rates lower. So that, that, that's, that's been a big plus. And you know, buying the treasury securities has, in some sense, helped the treasury keep their borrowing costs down. Seen some criticism of the Federal Reserve from economists, people saying that they've gone outside the scope of their mandate and uh, they're setting too much policy. It's unprecedented. Uh, number one, for people that aren't familiar, kind of talk about what this mandate that people are referring to is. And do you agree in any way with that criticism? And if if not, where is it coming from? Sure. I, I think that uh, that your listeners who are paying reasonably close attention to some of these conversations, they'll hear this reference to the dual mandate of the Fed. And actually, this goes back to 1978 uh, and something called the Humphrey Hawkins Act, because prior to that, the Fed's mandate was primarily to manage the long term growth. I think they've said something like money or monetary credit aggregates, you know, commensurate. And I've got this here with the long run potential to increase production uh, so as to promote prior to 1978, stable prices and moderate long-term interest rates. But in 1978, the goal of maximum employment was added. So the latter part of this, the moderate long-term interest rates, is pretty much forgotten, but it's maximum employment and stable prices. But over the years since this was passed, the focus in the early 80s was on inflation, right, and stable prices at the expense you know, of maximum employment. President Reagan wasn't real happy, you know, with Paul Volcker at that time. So, and, and throughout, throughout the history of the Fed, you know, the, it, there's always been some conflict with the executive branch. George H.W. Bush wasn't happy with Alan Greenspan, didn't want him raising rates. So I think my point is that there's, the Fed, while is independent, there's always some political pressure. And even during the great financial crisis, Ron Paul was arguing, right, for audits of the Fed and, you know, that the Fed shouldn't be lending directly like to AIG. And in fact, the Congress responded with changes to the Federal Reserve Act that prohibited prohibited them from lending directly. But at that time, you know, the Fed was trying to keep the financial markets from melting down. So so I'm, I'm putting this in the context of there's always this ebb and flow of kind of the political pressure and, and, and the Fed responding to that pressure. There certainly, if one would look at the speeches from the Federal Reserve Bank presidents, it is rather interesting. You see half of them just sticking to what we, my grandmother would say, sticking to their knitting, talking about monetary policy, talking about inflation. But then others you know, are talking about workforce development, you know, race, mobility and fairness in the U.S. economy. This is, you know, Kashgari, uh, racial inequalities and COVID-19 economic impact. And uh, I think Mary Daly was speaking. Uh, she's the CEO and president of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, talking about something similar. So there's the, so there. So some of the presidents are looking at you know, some of these more macro issues that whose solution is likely to be, you know, uh, fiscal policy, the Congress versus, you know, versus the Fed, and probably talking about topics where they can't do a lot 
about it. And it it's we're, we're trying to make sure there's you know available credit. And there's certainly plenty of credit. The banks have a trillion dollars worth of additional deposits from all of these security purchases. You know, I, I think the Fed has done you know a good job. Could could you complain that they're drifting from its mission? At the end of the day, the only thing they can do is buy securities, which they have been buying treasuries. They've been buying mortgage-backed securities. You know, they can uh, control you know short-term rates of interest, which they have down to zero. And that's about it. Now, there's a whole regulatory side where they could be asking for more data uh, that might have give some insight into kind of racial disparities in lending. But those rules are already there. So I mean, it, it just may be additional information on business loans that aren't, aren't, aren't there, uh, aren't, aren't already there. So I, bottom line is, you know, I, I think they've done as good a job as they can. Uh, they're, they, you know, the Congress needs to, you know, they, they need to address, you know, the issues of aggregate spending. Is there anything you're expecting going forward as this drags on? Do you think there's anything we can expect from the Fed that we haven't already seen? Any tools that, if economic conditions worsen, you would expect them to go to? Well, the one, I mean, the one topic that's that gets gets thrown around is, would we go to negative interest rates? You know, uh, which is, you know, ne- negative interest rates have been in effect in Europe for about the last five years. And, you know, I could say, well, where did that get them? Uh, you know, negative interest rates have been in Japan. I think it's been 10 years. Uh, I, I could be longer than 10 years. And where has that got them? I mean, the, the idea is that, well, if there's negative interest rates, then, well, then companies will borrow. But if there's negative interest rates, it probably, you know, it, it probably, you know, is going to cause people to not put money in banks. I mean, I'd be better off, you know, holding cash, you know, than, 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 than lending money to get a negative return. So I don't think, you know, the, the, the Fed's going to go there. The, the only other, you know, issue is if the Treasury deficit is continues to expand as as anticipated you know how much of that you know is the fed going to buy how big can their balance sheet be well their 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 balance sheet can be as big as it wants to be yeah and and what if rates go up and there's there there's you know and there's a loss you know on those securities well it's the fed no it's not it's really the fed operates so much differently than a household or a business and i think that's you know, that's a conversation you know, I've had with my mother-in-law a number of times. It's not like your checking accounts. You know, so they're a central bank. You know, they were put in place to, you know, to try to soften the impact of financial crises. And I think historians will look back in March and they'll go, wow, financial historians. This was amazing how rapidly this crisis came on and how quickly, how quickly it went away. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 